0: early 19th century and as perfect as the day the craftsman made it. I shall hate to part with it from the shop. Is there any demand for old grandfather clocks, Mr. Merryweather? Well, for a perfect antique, there is always a demand, even at the price I shall ask. And that is? Two thousand guineas. Oh, you'd better double the locks on your doors, Mr. The Two thousand guineas is a great temptation. I've done better than double the locks, Mr. Penny. I have an appointment this afternoon with a gentleman who supplies Night Watchmen. Is he reliable? Oh, yes, indeed. They call themselves Assignments Unlimited, and they have an office at 33 Half Moon Street.
1: Aubrey Mason at your service. At Assignments Unlimited, we do anything, anywhere, at any time. 33 Half Moon Street.
0: And so it occurred to me, Mr. Mason, that I would be wise to place a night watchman in the shop while the grandfather clock is there, provided the cost is not too exorbitant. Oh, I don't think you'll find the fee exorbitant, Mr. Merriweather. It rather depends on how long you'll need a watchman. Well, no, that's hard to say. Of course, I'm delighted with the grandfather clock myself, but you never can tell with buyers of antiques. I remember a beautiful example of tenant pottery, a twelfth century, you know, that came into my possession. I thought it would go the next day. But it stood on the shelf for three years... ...before the Duchess of Barford happened along and took it up. Three years? (laughs) But surely for that length of time you'd be better off employing someone permanently. Oh, the clock won't stay in the shop as long as that. I have an option on it for only one week. I could never afford to buy it myself. And if you fail to sell it? Then it goes back to the auctioneering company to be knocked down to the highest bidder. Oh, I understand. Since it's not your property, you want to make sure of its safekeeping. Precisely, Mr. Mason. If anything happened to the clock, I really don't know what I'd do. I could never reimburse the auctioneering company. So I take it you want us to supply a man for, well, any time up to a week, is that it? Precisely, Mr. Mason. Oh, dear, I do hope somebody takes it up. You know, I heard of a similar clock that was knocked down for a few shillings to a dock labourer. And do you know what he did? took out the clock for his children to play with and used the case to keep his pigeons in. I can't bear vandalism, Mr. Mason. Well, perhaps the poor fellow didn't know its value. Yes, I suppose so. Well, I suppose I must get back to the shop. I'll expect your man about six. I don't usually leave until then. Well, good day to you, Mr. Mason. Good day, Mr. Merriweather. (laughs) And we never did <laughs> discuss the fee after all. yeah. Oh, well. Yes, sir? Uh, put Cannon on, will you?
1: Yes, sir. You're through to Mr. Cannon, sir.
0: You, uh, you want me, Chief? Yes, I've got a job for you. How are you feeling after your Riviera holiday? All keyed up, Chief. Then I've got the perfect job to help you unwind. You're going to play nursemaid to a grandfather clock. <laughs> Take the bus, he says. Night watchman never go by cab. Why I keep working for that guy at... Oh, well, this is it. Clement uh, Merriweather, Antiques and Objet D'Or. Well, uh, might as well meet the new boss. Ah, oh, good afternoon, sir. I was just about to close up. May I help you with something? Sure, show me the water faucet. I'm sure I don't recollect that piece. I'm Cannon, the watchman, and uh, since I'm going to be here all night, I figured it might be a good idea to know where I can rustle up some coffee. The Watch? Oh, yes, yes, of course. You must be from Assignments Unlimited. Check. Check? That's right, Assignments Unlimited. I understand that I start on the job from uh, 6 p.m., and I'm right on time. Well, a little early in point of fact. (laughs) Can't mistake the time here, Mr. Cannon. Look around you. I have more than a dozen clocks in the shop of all ages. But they all keep the present time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so what do I have to do? Well, you simply have to guard the shop during the night. Oh, especially this beauty here. What is it? Oh, come, Mr. Cannon, it's a grandfather clock. You mean this uh, old piece of junk can tell the time? Holy smock. A lovely sound, isn't it? Music to the ears. <laughs> Music? Uh, why don't you play a record of the Rolling Stones for accompaniment? I beg your pardon, Mr. Cannon? That's all right. Forget it. Wow. <laughs> you won't have much chance of sleeping on the job, Mr. Cannon, eh? <laughs> uh, you mean these cars go off every hour of on the course, hour? Of course, yes. I keep everyone in apple pie order. Oh, perhaps you'd like me to explain the origins to you, Uh, eh? Some other time, Mr. Merriweather. Um, That faucet for the coffee? Oh, that's out at the back. See? You go past the medieval Uh armour, under the early Norman tapestry, Uh and turn left by the warming pans. Boy, Davy Crockett should have seen this. Well, i leave you to it then, Mr. Cannon. Browse round, if you wish. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, with a blazing torch. Good night. Uh, Good night. Now, what did he say? Pass the armor. Push aside the tapestry. (coughs) Brother, this must have been hung up by the doll who made it. Warming pans. Now, what do you suppose a warming pan would look like? This, maybe? Copper kettle on the end of a baseball bat? Turn left. Uh uh-huh, Eureka. And I'm wrong at that. Archimedes used a bath. Mm. That works. Now the gas ring. Great. Now all I need is a pot. Ah, the warming pan. No, on second thoughts, I don't know what they use those pans for. There's somebody at the door. Now, who do you suppose that is? It could be old Merriweather forgot to wind up one of his clocks. I'm on this job for a week. I'd better steal his keys.
1: Oh, has Mr. Merriweather gone home?
0: Uh, That's right, ma'am. Something I can do for
1: you? I wanted to have a look at a grandfather clock he's just acquired. Unfortunately, I was delayed in the traffic.
0: Well, he'll be back in the morning, ma'am.
1: Oh, that's no good, I'm afraid. It'll be
0: too late. Ma'am, this timepiece has stood around for a long time. It'll still be here in a couple of thousand years more. In fact, I go so far as to say that... uh, This is the grandfather of all grandfather clocks.
1: I've come in from the country, you see. I have to go back tonight. Daddy will ring through in the morning and arrange purchase by telephone if I can inspect the clock this evening.
0: You mean you, uh, you want to buy this thing? If it's worth the price, Mr. Merriweather asks. Step right in, lady. Just step right in.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: Uh, while you're at it, there's uh, a dozen more draped around. Uh, maybe the old boy will give them to you wholesale.
1: Are you the new assistant here, then?
0: No, I'm the night watchman, first day on duty. Oh, I see. But only until somebody buys that grandfather clock. <laughs> you don't sound too happy with your job. <laughs> I'm not. Um, say, uh, do you know all about this time gear? I mean, uh, how they wind up, you know?
1: Oh, I do indeed. Why do you ask?
0: Look, uh, is it possible to fix a clock so that it won't chime? I, I mean, just temporarily, of course. You see, there's uh, there's more than a dozen ticking away in here, and every hour, on the hour, they all set up a chiming together, and, well, it makes me feel like a mouse trapped on the bells of St. Mary's.
1: <laughs> He's a quaint old chap, isn't he, Mr. Merriweather? I can fix them for you, if you like.
0: Ma'am, you're an angel in disguise. Oh, and there's one other thing. Yes? Uh, look, if... Uh, If this is an embarrassing question, just forget I asked it, but uh, do you happen to know what a a warming pan was used for? Of
1: course, to warm the bed. No kidding.
0: But what about the long handle?
1: Well, they used to put hot coals in the pan and push it in far up under the bed covers. And don't tell me you're going to warm your bed with one.
0: Uh, no, no. I, I was going to make coffee. The water's there, the gas rings there, but uh, I don't have a coffee <laughs> pot.
1: <laughs> you really are most amusing, Mr.
0: I can, and just, just can.
1: Oh, I'm Jane Fenton, by the way. I'm sure there must be a coffee pot of some sort. Um, yes, here we are. What about this?
0: Oh, well, that's great. Uh, Look, suppose I go past the armor, under the tapestry, uh, out back and make coffee while you fix the clocks. I've got sugar, instant coffee and a can of cream.
1: Oh, that'd be wonderful, Mr. Cannon. I'd love a cup of coffee. Then
0: I'm on my way. You muzzle these chronometers for me and I'll be your friend for life.
1: When I've finished, not one clock will chime tonight. Now, you go off and make the coffee.
0: But uh, you've got to show me how to start them up again in the morning.
1: You look after the coffee, I'll take care of the clocks.
0: with the company of this most attractive girl went up to the back of the shop to boil water for the coffee. Jane Fenton, he thought, must really know about clocks, but he half expected to hear her clattering around the shop. But she made no sound. Eventually the coffee was ready and beaming with delight, Cannon returned to where he'd left the girl by the grandfather clock. Come and get it. Coffee's ready. But you know something? We forgot cups to drink from. Maybe you can rustle up a couple of Ming bowls of... Uh, Miss Fenton... Miss Fenton, where are you? Did you fix the clocks? Miss Fenton? Holy mackerel. There's something screwy about this. Uh, Hey, Miss Fenton! She's not here. But she couldn't have gone through the door and I've heard the doorbell. Bell, yeah. Well, what do you know? The striking pin on the bell is held back by tape. She didn't even look at the clocks. The only bell she fixed was the one on the door. Now, I wonder why she did that. Wildered, Cannon shook his head and, turning, marched back to his coffee. The girl, Jane Fenton, had taped the shop's doorbell so that he wouldn't hear her leaving. But why? If she objected to fixing the clocks, or if she objected to Cannon, for that matter, surely all she had to do was thank him politely and go. It was then he noticed something about the grandfather clock. Five minutes to seven. Must have stopped. I must say she did fix one of the clocks. Now, how do you suppose I started up again? The pendulum's inside the door. Oh, it's locked. And there's no key. How do you think she opened it without a key. Hello there. Oh, I'm lucky. I thought you'd be closed already. Now the shop is closed ah well the door was open so i came in are you mr Merriweather? no i'm the watchman like i said the shop's closed oh pity look i wanted to look at the grandfather clock i understand it's for sale well how is it you want to look tonight it's uh, after seven the clock will still be there tomorrow my friend yes i realize that you say you're the night watchman uh-huh then i'm sure a pound note wouldn't be out of place if it was in my pocket, it would. What's the idea? You you uh, you're trying to bribe me? Bribe? <laughs> Good heavens, all I want to do is have a look at the clock. You know, to see if it's worth what he's asking. And what is he asking? 2,000 guineas. You're not serious. Very serious. And I wouldn't be surprised if Mr. Merriweather had a dozen buyers in here tomorrow morning. 2,000 guineas for that load of junk? If it's genuine, it's early 19th century. A masterpiece of construction and a very valuable antique. Well... Can I have a look at it? I still ask you, uh, why tonight? You see, if it's the genuine article, then I shall be outside the shop at the crack of dawn to be sure of getting in first. For 2,000 guineas? In cash. Here's the pound note. Well, you'll get no joy out of that, Grandfather. It's locked and there isn't a key. I can manage, all right. I'm an expert with clocks of all kinds. Well, in that case, you can do me a favor. Uh, All these other clocks are wound up and going. At 8 o'clock, they all start right off chiming together. Uh, could you fix them for one night so that they keep the peace? Uh, I'd want to know how to start them up again before Mr. Merriweather arrives. Very well. Come with me and I'll show you. With the pendulums, you just hold them still. Mm-hmm. See, this is the pendulum. Yep. Now there are seven. I'll show you the first one and we'll we'll do them together. Okay, all right. You just... Yeah, hold it still. Now, huh? Yes. Ah, simple as that. Then uh, why didn't she fix them? What's that, old man? Oh, nothing. I, uh, I get into the habit of talking to myself. You know how it is. A night watchman leads a lonely life. Yes, I suppose so. Well, let's fix the pendulums. Now, look, uh, will you fix the others while I take a look at the grandfather? Okay, but uh, see you don't damage it getting the door open. I won't. Don't worry. Um, what are you doing in that thing? testing for dry rot. It's a beautiful piece, but if a worm gets into the wood, the clock is useless. In time, the whole thing will be reduced to powder. Oh, not the working parts, of course. This pendulum, for instance, is made of solid brass. It's heavy. It'll last forever. So, uh, what's the verdict? Uh, Unfortunately, there is a trace of worm. It's still in magnificent condition. It's a magnificent piece to acquire, although I'm, I'm not sure that his price isn't too high. However, it was good of you to allow me to examine it. Well, it's the easiest pound I ever earned and you ever lost, Mr. Um... Oh, Trigg's the name. Mr. Trigg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I must go. It's getting late. Oh, only twenty-five past seven. Oh, oh of course all the clocks are stopped. It's uh, twenty-five to eight. Yes, and you've got a long night in front of you, I suppose. Good night. Good night. I, uh, I think I'll have a look at that clock myself. Uh, then he locked it again wonder what they were looking for Oh, well, the clocks want to chime again tonight So uh, I may as well get a few hours sleep Oh, brother, business as usual Old Merriweather us should move his stall onto the railroad station Okay, okay, I'm coming The shop's closed now, I know that Do you think I've lost my sense of sight? What do you want? Who are you? The night watchman And if you'll just stand to one side, I'll come in. Look, I'm the night watchman. Nobody comes in after hours. Do you know whom you're addressing? No. And what's more, I don't care. Uh, You impertinent fellow. Okay, take it easy, Grandin. I'm Lord Blenstoke, and a customer of Mr. Merriweather. I'll see you lose your job over this. Be doing me a favor. Now, good night. The shop is open for business at nine in the morning. Uh, uh, Just a minute. Uh, Perhaps I was a little hasty. The fact is, I left a briefcase somewhere today... It has some important papers in it which are confidential. I've retraced my steps to everywhere I can think of that I've visited today, but I've had no luck. I was in this shop this morning, and I wondered if by some chance I left it here. So you want to come in and look around, is that it? Yes. Okay, come on in, but uh, make it snappy. I want to get some rest, huh? Well, are you allowed to sleep on the job? Well, I've tried three times to make a pot of coffee. Every time it goes cold on me. This shop is busier when it's closed than when it's open. What's that? You've had other nocturnal callers? Not only that, I've had other night visitors. Who were your other visitors? Uh, a dame called Jane Fenton and a guy named Trigg. What? And why the surprise, Duke? What did they come here for? Well, Mr. Merriweather has a valuable possession in the shop. He wouldn't think so to look at it, but it's worth 2,000 guineas. Uh, that clock over there. The grandfather clock? Well, the same. Oh, may I look at it? Oh, no, not you, too. I'd make it worth a while. You know, a couple of months on the night watch, and I could retire. Okay, go ahead, help yourself. It's locked, but oh. <laughs> I've no doubt you can open it. As a matter of fact, I can. I am... Yes, lo- an expert in these things, I know. So were the others. At least they said they were. Mind you, I know that Trigg knew his stuff. He fixed all the clocks so they wouldn't chime on account of they were ruining my beauty sleep. What excuse did Miss Fenton and Mr. Trigg make, hmm? Well, it it wasn't a lost briefcase. They came right out and said they wanted a pre-inspection of the antique. Did they tell you who they were? Uh, What's your name, by the way? Cannon. Well, Cannon... They only said that they might be interested in buying it, that's all. Oh, how odd. The clock was delivered here from the auctioneers. If they were all that keen, they could have made a deal with Meriwether at any time today. Well, Jane Fenton said she'd come in from the country. Yes, that's true. She lives just outside London. It was only an hour away and the clock was well advertised. Everyone knew it was in this shop. So you've uh, you've got my interest roused. Who and what are Miss Jane Fenton and Mr. Trigg? Antique dealers. Then I don't get it. I mean, uh, why didn't they give Mr. Merriweather a ring? You may well ask. Isn't it obvious that they wish to examine the clock unobserved? But uh, I watched Trigg at work. He said he was looking for termites. Oh, that's not true. He wasn't looking for termites. He was searching for something else. Well, like what? That's what we're going to try and find out, Cannon. You mean you don't know? No. Man, I really did come to look for my briefcase. It's there on Merriweather's desk. Oh, Yeah. You know, it's screwy. So, uh, how do we find out what they wanted to find her? Meriwether loves his possessions as a mother loves its child. The difference is he makes copious notes of the history of his antiques, whereas a mother keeps a snapshot, album. His ledger's on the desk. Let's get to work. Thoroughly intrigued, Cannon pored over the ledger with Lord Vincent. The fiery old man attacked the pages with gusto. And at last... I got it. Here, Canon, It's here. Where? Well, yeah, what have you found? Now, listen to this. Uh-huh. In 1847, on the death of the Duchess of Pionte, the clock was held under guard by members of the household. Rumor had it that the Duchess's jewels had been secreted in the clock since no sign of her jewels was ever found, and it was known that they had not been sold. Well, what do you think of that? They were looking for jewels. Well, maybe Jane Fenton found them. I didn't tell you that she left in a hurry while I was in the back making coffee. You may be right, of course, but I see no reason why we shouldn't search for them. They must be carefully hidden if they are there. Meriwether must have carefully inspected his prize, and it's obvious that he didn't find any jewels. Then uh, what are we waiting for? Stay right where you are. Oh, no, not another visitor. Come on, both of you. It's a fair cop, my lads. My good fellow, do you know to whom you're talking? No, I don't, but the sergeant will be interested at the station. I beg your pardon? You made a big mistake, my lads, stopping those clocks. I hear them every night on my beat, but I didn't hear them at eight o'clock. So I thought that's funny, and I came to investigate. Now, are you coming quietly, or do I have to use force? Hmm? Voluble protestations. Lord Blenstoke and Cannon were marched off to the police station. It took but a few minutes to establish their identities, and they were promptly released with an apology. Glenstoke and Cannon hurried back to the shop in Brompton Road. Oh, vandals, vandals, Mr. Cannon. It's beauty, lost forever. I, uh, I don't know what to say, Mr. Murraywell. I mean, the, the the cop insisted that we accompany I him. I know, I know. Oh, vandalism is the most evil of all vices. Well, they, uh, they might find the culprits. I mean, uh, we know that Trigg and Miss Fenton came here. Uh, they must have found out about the jewels. A fairy story, Mr. Cannon. I examined the clock myself. There were no secret compartments. Um, tell me, was, uh, was this clock insured? No. Oh, holy cow, 2,000 guineas. Who's going to pay the auctioneering company? Well, I can't. I haven't got 2,000 shillings. Gee, uh, I just don't know what to say. Uh, Well, the working parts are okay, though. Maybe you could build a new case or something. I mean, uh, Triggs said the pendulum was made of solid brass. He said it'll last forever. Then Triggs a fool. A heavy pendulum needs a counterbalance. This clock was fitted with a light copper, skinned bulb-type pendulum. But what does it matter now? Without the case, the clock is valueless. Mr. Kennan, are you all right? What? Why are you looking at me like that? Mr. Merriweather, don't bank on anything, but um, I've got a funny feeling that your sentiments about vandals are going to undergo a rapid and violent change. The axe used by the interloper was lying handy. My operator picked it up and with one blow severed the bulb at the end of the pendulum. You see? It's hollow. Of course. Much like a ball valve on a cistern. But, Mr. Merriweather, it's not empty. Here, take a look. Well, I never. So it wasn't a fairy story after all. The old girl did hide her jewels in the clock. Yes. A small fortune in precious stones lay at his feet. Small enough and light enough not to affect the working of the grandfather clock. And now you know why the story tonight was called Saved by the
1: Gong.